you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch animated chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the letter F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, FanboyPlanet.com. Welcome to the podcast, and you'll see, of course, I am not alone at all. I am with, uh, what was the new title you gave yourself the last time? No Man's No Role Model? I'm no, I, no that's, I've, I've used that line for years. I'm not, well, I'm not your role model. Okay, well, anyway, there we go. No one's role model, but podcast producer still. <laughs> Rick Brett Snyder. And uh, here we go. So, yes, welcome, people. We got, uh, it's a big weekend uh, for fandom for a very, very important reason, and we'll talk about it in a moment. But first of all, of course, uh, if you'd like to join the conversation, uh, if you're watching this live, you can certainly make comments, and I'm going to switch over to the comment banner there just in case. And uh, anyway, you can join the conversation after the fact, elsewhere, during the fact, elsewhere, uh, by writing into editor at fanboyplanet.com. If you've got any comments, compliments, commentary, criticism, Please absolutely share that. You can join it on on Facebook. You may be watching us on Facebook right now, Twitter uh, and Instagram. All of it being uh, there. I'll get that banner up too. Uh, no, that's the wrong one. There we go. Is following us on at Fanboy Planet. All right. So uh, also anything that we talk about on this podcast that is something you would like to uh, legally purchase for yourself and you cannot find it at your local brick-and-mortar store. We do have links to bookshop.org and amazon.com on Fanboy Planet, the page, and therefore you can go that way, and we are affiliated so that any uh, anything that you purchase that way may generate a bounty. I like that. Generate a bounty for us. <laughs> it, it, so far, it, it really hasn't been a bounty, but at least I've been able to afford maybe a roll of paper, paper towels. So it was the quicker picker-upper, and we really appreciate that. So... Let's get to it. We will talk uh, comics, of course, because we'll have our pick of the week. But really, uh, the big thing, of course, uh, is let us let us talk. Uh, I've, I've got a comment already, and I'll bring it up in a moment, that uh, this is the week, appropriately enough, on uh, this earlier this week, Disney uh, relit Sleeping Beauty's castle. So the Sleeping Beauty that was the Disney empire is awakening this weekend, as of yesterday. <laughs> Disneyland, well, some of it never went to sleep. Well, uh, you know, Tokyo, Shanghai, uh, Hong Kong, all their online. different schedules, Euro Disney, uh, Orlando, I think closed for like three hours. I don't know. Um, but Disneyland, which is, if you're a Disney fan, that is the crown jewel. It reopened yesterday. And along with it came another announcement, which we'll get to in a second. And just because uh, he, he wants us all to know, uh, regular listener. Oh, by the way, I should say a Facebook top fan. He got the badge and he let me know uh, on Facebook. He's a top fan of Fanboy Planet. He will be at Disneyland on May 18th. Uh, so uh, welcome to it, Brian. I think I'm around there at some point. Um, so I, I, I don't know because I, I believe it's, it's opened at 25% capacity and there are some changes 
having been made. Probably the most painful one <laughs> for anybody who's a Star Wars fan is that Rise of the Resistance was, uh, as it existed right before the pandemic, was in direct violation now of codes uh, for pandemic reopening. You didn't know this, did you? Ouch, uh, no. No, okay, because the pre-show to Rise of the Resistance, which was part of the whole experience, I believe ran 18 minutes, and now the rule for being allowed to open a park oh. in, in uh, California is that no indoor activity can last or indoor attraction can last longer than 15 minutes. Oh. So they've had to cut down. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> so the empire runs through real fast. <laughs> you know, the whole the, we don't have time for this. We don't have time for this. Come on, come on, come on. And, All the uh, voices are strangely pitched high. But but you know well because there was a live component to it which I thought was thought was a really cool idea I did not experience it before it shut down um, because of the complexity of that attraction I know even people that were there when it opened up and this goes to Florida as well um, it wasn't running with a hundred percent capacity oh, anyway you so they've got two they'll have now two reservation times per day. And uh, so it's a virtual, I think it's 7 a.m. and then 12 p.m. a new slot of reservations will come up and you go in. So it used to be just in the morning and that was it. You, they did a virtual queue. So they've had to shorten the ride. And I would say, because I just saw a comment, wait, what? Um, <laughs> the truth <laughs> is, yeah. Uh, but you know, I, this one only hurts a tiny, tiny bit. Uh, and we'll all forget about it because you didn't experience it before. But if you were at Cars Land when it first opened and um, Luigi's, uh, the the dancing cars, that are, that's what it is now, but it, it was this, they had to completely rethink that ride. So there was only like six months where you went, I was able to take my kids too, where you would ride in Luigi's Friends at, at, at his tire shop. Right. And with beach balls. And you were guiding, they were like bumper cars that you would guide slowly. They were like the old flying saucers in the 60s. Oh, yeah. It, it wasn't was very good. It was a fantastic core exercise. But first, you were able to throw beach balls at each other. So my brother and I took my took my kids, and they like pummeled my brother. But but that is gone, what I'm saying is just that that's it. You know, you you had that little experience, and that's what that's what you know Disneyland is about: constantly rethinking, rechanging. Your comment on Rise of the Resistance or or the beach balls? Well, the, the reason I was excited about Luigi's was. I was young enough to remember the original flying saucer ride at Disneyland. Oh, no, no, I'm going to change that. You are old enough to remember the original. I, I, okay, I was old enough, but I was <laughs> too young to ride it. So ah. this gave me a chance to realize that I hadn't really missed much. <laughs> That's about how I felt. I mean, I went on it they, probably three different times. but They did yeah. the beach balls, too. It was... It was uh, the same thing. They had beach balls. They, the beach balls out, though. they did take the beach balls out uh, early before they closed the, that, that version of the attraction yeah. because then they were afraid of somebody putting their eye out, I guess, with a giant inflatable beach ball. It's California. It, it's different times. But anyway, so that has changed. Uh, it, it's going to be shorter, but at least still, by only a few minutes. You know, It's still, I, I think, going to be a 14 or 15-minute experience. It's still allegedly unlike anything else that is out there, and it's Star Wars. So you know, very excited for that. What will not be open is the Jungle Cruise. And the, and so the reason I'm going to bring these things up is because maybe you saw an article that went viral last week about a guy uh, who was a Las Vegas attorney who was complaining 
that everything was too politically correct in in yes. Disney. So the Jungle Cruise is uh, is will not be open. I think till the summer when they're kind of redoing it. To I'm going to be honest. As much as I love the Jungle Cruise and I have a Jingle Cruise poster and a map of the Jungle Cruise up on, up, up on the wall in another room, I can't believe it lasted in the form it did as long as it had. You know, um, considering uh, I, I and I just say that by a few years, I'm not. You know, I, it, it's it. I, I, I the last few times I wrote it, I was like, isn't that kind of offensive? So I I like the ideas they're doing to re to re revamp it. So I'm looking forward to that excitement. And I want to also share, you go back, if you read the history of Disneyland, um, I don't expect everybody to be as obsessive as I am on this, nor do I expect Rick to be as obsessive as I am on the topic of Disneyland. But, you know, this was when Walt overheard somebody say, specifically about the Jungle Cruise in 1959, uh, a kid saying he wanted to he wanted to go on it, and his mom said no, um, you know, because we've done it. He realized, oh, you've got to constantly be putting little additions in, little changes, as he called it, plussing. And that was at a time when it was a, a little more affordable to go back in. And and to the comment that I just saw Brian Kent make, no, they're not putting the rock in it. They have released the plans. They're all very clearly on, on, on board. The rock made a big deal at the beginning where he said, like, when he signed on to do that movie, like we're working to revamp it. And then very quick, just as quickly as he Instagrammed it out, uh, Disney went, no, we just let him tour. <laughs> you know, It's kind of like, so no, uh, they're not, but they are redoing it as, uh, as a jungle cruise boat uh, shipwrecked. So instead of the people up the, up the pole uh, being a, a, a you know, an expedition with a lot of natives in unflattering portrayals. It's it's cast members. And, that was ori- that was originally just natives up the pole. Yeah, and then they changed that. And so they changed it to so it's it gets revamped against whatever's uh, popular or unpopular. Right. I mean, and and that's the, that's the point. You know, the the essay there uh, that the guy published a couple of weeks ago was about Pirates of the Caribbean. Now I. I, I almost sided with him on the one thing of, of I, no, I don't, I don't miss the auctioning off women. I totally get that. It's like when you think about this being a family thing, and you're actually trying to be this, like, this is what pirates really did. It kind of stops being fun. So you got to do something. My only objection to changing the redhead is that they made her uglier, rougher. Instead of they could have kept that same figure, but I'm like, you know, that's just a stupid aesthetic thing on my part. I'm over it. And if you still want the implication of rape, um, you know, the Johnny Depp figures are still there all through. So uh, it, it, it's there. Uh, the other thing that changed Haunted Mansion, um, they added a cat statue. This is controversial. <laughs> they added a statue of a cat because that was an original idea from the Haunted Mansion that you'd be followed by a black cat through the through the the attraction. And they put back the aging statue uh, or the aging painting, which I believe. No, no, no. You have, you have in your house the yes. uh, Medusa one, the Gorgon, right? Right. Well, it's it's. She starts as a young woman and the, then the goes. Perfect. Yeah. Well, yes. know, it's not the aging one. It's the snakes. It's the it's the Gorgon. Yeah. Yeah. So what had been taken out was the uh, May to December, the the youth to old to the crone made right. into clone and now that's back in around the corner uh when you go 
down that hallway. So, I mean, you know, cool little little plusings there. And June 4th, California Adventure opens phase one of Avengers Campus. So the Spider-Man ride will be open. Uh, I've heard mixed uh, reports on whether or not you will actually be able to eat a truly giant um, pretzel at Pym Laboratories. Uh, but there, so there's a restaurant for that, a beer garden uh, themed around Ant-Man, uh, a, a somewhat attacked or abandoned Sanctum Santorum, and then the the show building, though the attraction's not there for the actual Avengers Quinjet ride, so you can at least see that. And who knows right. what else? I'm sure there are other things that are being changed just from a capacity standpoint. The original plan, and I'm, I'm still waiting to see a report in the papers if they've changed it was at least this week it's supposed to only be open to california residents that was one of the one of the prerequisites to keep yes. the to keep the attendance down but universal studios just announced that they are allowing if people can prove show proof of vaccination out of state visitors to to the hollywood well the Universal City location of, of Universal Studios. So not sure if Disney's going to blink on that or not. Uh, I do hope they keep 25% capacity just for now because, I mean, I, th I think it still makes me nervous just a little bit. I mean, I've been vaccinated. Um, you've been vaccinated. We've had our shots as a twer. Um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so we're good against rabies and distemper. But, um, you know, it's still, well, no, no, I'm not going to say that for you. But anyway, um so, you know, we'll see. Uh, I, I I have my tickets for the future. I know there are others that do. And you were just telling me before the podcast, you're planning October, which I think is, that's the time. Have you gone at Halloween? Oh, yeah. 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 Well, if they offer it, and I don't know that they will, because who knows what's going to happen this year, is I absolutely, as silly as it sounds, uh, recommend that you, you buy for uh, Mickey's Trick or Treat, the Halloween, um, because in years past, the plan, and what they do is they empty the park out at four o'clock and you have to have the ticket for that extra party. It is an extra ticket, of course, but being able to walk on I think the last two years, they actually moved it over to Disney California adventure, but they brought out so many movie villains that they hadn't had in years that it's kind of like, you know, if you're one, I'm not going to name any Jason Salazar's, but if you're one who uh, likes to go and just take, you know, take selfies like crazy, if you're Insta friendly, as the kids say, I don't think they say that anymore. I think it's all gone away. But anyway, if you if you are, uh, it will be, um, you know, it's a great opportunity to get your photo taken with villains and and, and new uh, backdrops. And it's just fun. I will admit, I came back with way too many Snickers the one year I did it. But yeah, it was it was three months of fun sized candies. It was fantastic. So the other thing that was brought out, and I think you're more likely to go on this before I am. Yeah. Uh, is that they announced the new um, the new ocean liner? Is that what they call it? cruise ship? The Disney Wish in a nice. Yep. There's like a 35, 40 minute uh, announcement video that there's so much packed with this with this ship um, that it's astounding. I mean, it's the theme park in and of itself, but it's, it's an experience yeah. uh, that they take the theme park and turn it up to eleven. When you're on on one of the cruise lines, everyone everyone there is you're trapped. Before you're trapped, yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, we we went we went on the inaugural cruise of the um, I think it was the, the Disney Magic, and 
I'm so excited about the Disney Wish, all the stuff that they've done. There was so much to do on the on the the original one, and now they've they've they bumped everything up again to twelve or thirteen, perhaps. Let's not do away with the numbers. They just keep pushing it higher. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, the the idea, first off, dining dining looks incredible, and the dining is one of the things nobody talks about that much. But like in back in the day, they had a they had a restaurant where you go in and everything's white, and all the drawings on the wall are black line drawings. And throughout the course of the dinner, the restaurant slowly fills in with color, and all the paintings came came to life. And it's it's just an amazing experience. This time, they're going more for um, dinner theater. So there's there's like a, a in one at least one yeah. There's a frozen. Arendelle, um, yes. Arendelle with Nordic, uh, Nordic influence flu- foods. The one that they didn't want to talk too much about was a Marvel superheroes. Uh, so I want to talk there. about. Yes, there was a there was a, a concept Photoshop, um, yeah. Because there's a little thing on the bottom that says this. Uh, and what I really want to know, and and we'll talk about this probably later in the year because I have to dig it out of storage, uh, is. How this compares, which we which we can't, we won't know because they really didn't tell you much. They just said like there's going to be like you're going to go into this restaurant. It's going to be a Marvel mission, and they, they, I, they're real coy about it. I, off in the distance, like you messaged me on Facebook, is that I'm watching the reveal, and about ten minutes later, I heard this faint high pitched squeal from 360 <laughs> miles away, and I think that was you. Um, but they didn't say what it what it does. But what I want to know is what it compares to. How it compares to Marvel Mania, which was the restaurant that Universal Studios had. I don't even know, because I've never been to the Florida one. I don't know if it still exists at Florida. I had been lucky enough to my one trip uh, to Universal Studios when, when when my daughter was first born. Marvel Mania was still open there yeah. and in L.A. So I had gone there. And when I say I got to dig it out because... Somehow I will not throw any anybody under the bus. Somehow I ended up with a menu from it, and I found it in cleaning out my mom's garage. So uh, I know it's around. It was placed in a, in a place of honor, um, but I just have to figure out where it is. So I know what the food items were. That's what I want to, you know, because I will never forget John J. Michael Straczynski saying afterwards, like uh, in an interview, like you want to know why Marvel Mania failed because the Thor. The, the the menu item named after Thor was a sat was a green salad, and there's no way that Thor is the green salad. <laughs> you know? so. Well, this is this is going to be nothing like that. I mean, the cruise line cruise line food experience is, is is a baseline. Even the cheaper ones like Carnival have great food online, and that's that's just going into the standard restaurants you can go into for free. These are going to be these will no doubt be. Restaurants you will have to make a reservation for, and it's an additional charge on top of your. Yeah, a couple of them are pre- uh, very clearly announced as premium. Every yeah. meal that we had in one of those in one of those settings, um, and we would we would typically for the two of us we'd probably pay sixty or seventy dollars for the for the meal, but it'd be the equivalent of my going to like um, in New Orleans, going to a very high scale restaurant and paying dropping two hundred fifty dollars for dinner. Which You don't have to go on the high seas. Uh, if you want that Disney thing, go to the Napa Rose at the Grand Californian. Um, or the... That's, uh, that's a Car- 250... The Carthay. Uh, 
but no, 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 the Carthay Circle is good. It's not as expensive. It's not. It's not as high high it's level as, as high. the Napa right. Rose. Um, the Carthay Circle is, is is very good as well. Mm -hmm. Yes, but I'm saying you know, so Disney certainly has. I mean, I don't know if they're still doing the the, the like the wine flights, the the Trattoria up there in California Adventure, but you know, last time I, I don't. I think people well, but the last time we were there was over a year ago. So what what the rule if the rules are different? But I think that people like from the outside that aren't Disney fans don't understand uh, how good the food can be, because yes, illusion is the corn dog king trailer, or uh, or or maybe, and that's not to diss it because I do love, I I do love it. I don't know what they're calling the the Mexican restaurant in. Um, Frontierland, there's, you know, is Zocaria. Uh, I think I, I I enjoy it. There's a there's an equivalent over in California. They're good, but when you walk into the Carthay Circle, and I don't think that even the Blue Bayou, as famed as that is, has caught up comparatively. When you go, like the advantage of Blue Bayou is if you're lucky enough to be on the edge where you can look at the people that yeah. floats your boat, if you will, uh, floating by about to go down a log flume, you know, then cool. It, it's, it's the atmosphere you buy, you pay for there. But, but I'm, I'm with Carthay Circle's amazing Napa Rose and even Storytellers Cafe. So their food game, if you will, is very high. So I have no doubt. And, and luckily I went on a whale watching uh, trip a, a couple of years ago. I know my stomach can take it, so I'm, <laughs> I'm all down. You know, I, that was the best I that I was able to. Uh, I, I know that well, I, I enjoy that part. We haven't talked about the biggest one, the most exciting one, the one that really kind of makes you look into the future for Disney, and that's the hyperspace lounge, the 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 Star Wars themed bar, which I look at that and go, this is the DNA that's going to be into, that's going to be the Star Wars, uh, the, the stay, uh, the, what do they call them? The, the, the parks all have their, um, uh, their, their, their hotels, the, not, not, not no, hotels. No, no, I, I, I'm going to bet. I don't have any inside knowledge. I'm sure it is, that was developed in parallel to, and now I'm forgetting the name of the Star Wars hotel that will open in Orlando. Yeah. which is an immersive experience. And so right. what the Disney Wish has over that to me is ironically for being kind of a performer at heart, kind of. I I feel like, I, like I've lost a lot of that in the last year because everybody has. Um, I can't stand being trapped in an immersive, like, uh, uh, like it gets, it, it, uh, it gets old fast for me. Um, it makes me uncomfortable if they're interacting with me. Um, so the idea of having to be in a hotel for two or three days role-playing as I'm visiting a Naboo uh, or Batu, I'm sorry. Oh, my gosh. Naboo. No, that's Dr. Fate. I'm so sorry. Uh, I shall I shall wear the helmet of fate in shame. Uh, but it, Batu and, the you know, to be at Galaxy's Edge is like, it's cool. I don't. I don't even like really getting involved in the in the performances in the street at at uh, Galaxy's Edge, right? You know, right. Which have, I love watching it. I do. I think it's really cool. I just don't want to be part of it. Um, well, so we're different then because I I couldn't be more excited about it. I, I'm I, I'm I'm looking forward to that. And but be before that, I'll be happy to order one of those drinks that makes your tongue numb. Yeah. 
Well, no, I'm saying the advantage of the wish is you can go from world to world. Yeah. It's, you're really going from show to show. And I was thinking, boy, is Disney mad that somebody else was already the Princess Cruise Lines? But you know, before they joined joined it. But I think when you when you look at what what they're unveiling there and kind of looked at pricing just to say, and this is again in comparison to to the planned Star Wars Hotel, my understanding of that is that is your experience in Orlando. That's three days. Right. Um, right. And, and you are the only place you can go to is and by the way, thank you, uh, Brian has corrected, Naboo is Jar Jar's, Jar Jar's planet. planet. Yes. So I'm technically okay. Uh, I just spelled it differently in my head. N-A-B-U is uh, the Helm of Fate. And right. N-A-B-O-O-O. Naboo. Uh, yes, Naboo. Uh, and, it, and it's a shame because I even watched an episode of Clone Wars today. But there were no Gungans involved <laughs> in that. Uh, and none were harmed in the making of that episode. But... Um, yeah, it is just but pricing wise, what they're what they're at least if they're up to date online, their price for a three day cruise per person is going to be less than uh, than what you're going to pay for the Star Wars hotel or the estimate because I don't think they've actually really released a price. There's been a lot of chatter online about what people think the experience in Orlando is going to be, but for this, I'm like. When they announced it, I went, yeah, you're going to go. You and your, by that time, uh, your lovely wife will be retired. You know, the, it's there's freedom. It's like my concern even with Disneyland, when you go back to, to Walt uh, being alive. I, I think the cruise ships, by the way, are absolutely where Walt Disney, when people ask what what, what would Walt do, absolutely he would have gone into the cruise, cruise ship business because he was trying to open a, a sports resort, a ski resort, you know, before he died. So I'm I'm sure this is along the lines, of it, but what I, I I look at Disneyland and the resort there and how expensive it's all going to be, and they just announced by the way they're going to bring back their uh, annual pass program, but haven't oh. released details on that. Um, you know, you got a lot of fans, but a, but my concern about the cruise ship was, you know, is that this looks really cool for a lot of Americans. And a lot of global citizens, this is not the economy is not right. ready for people to draw people into the luxury, you know. Um, and so, but I looked at it and went, well, as cruise ships go, and for what you get when you look at it, it seems like a pretty good value for the cruise yeah. ship. Just take just take the cost of food at one of the parks out of the equation altogether, you know the the. Uh... You go to Disneyland, you spend a lot of money just just rehydrating and uh, refueling. It's amazing how my bank account healed in the last year. <laughs> Your I, credit I, rating went down, though. Uh, no. Uh, no. I mean, you know, because obviously I've had many things happen this year, but we're in the past past nine months there. But, but, it, but it was interesting when I started noticing, like, yeah, suddenly I'm, like, putting – I was able able to put a lot more in savings, and I'm like, what is the difference? Well, I'm barely driving, and I'm not taking my, you know, I'll be honest, once a month trip down there. Um, you know, I had an annual pass, uh, so you get a discount, which lulls you into thinking, well, I'm spending less, so I'm spending more. And, and I'm not saying, but I do know what at least one person who has been on this podcast and might be producing it right now uh, – 
has been known to text me a time or two and say, hey, "Do you have that? You know, could you, you're you're there." Um, no, but I think once was there. I have was, asked you to buy things, buy things, yeah. and bring them back for yes, yes. Um, but so so uh, it, it's just it is interesting when you said like I actually pause and think about impulse buys, which I haven't had to do. <laughs> which i mean because i haven't had any impulses like i'm not going anywhere you know <laughs> so well, it's it's always it's always fun for me to see you enjoying the latest mug that you get with a coca-cola at the at the space uh, lounge by the way um so this yes. is this is actually walt disney uh company uh glass this was from the opening day of the revamped California adventure, which I accidentally went to. Like, I don't, I can't even remember the circumstances that I went someplace else. And, uh, and then we were, I was on my way back and went, Oh, maybe I should go to Disneyland. And it was like, Oh, it's the day tomorrow's the day that California adventure reopens with the new Wayne Vista street. And I think that's the day I bought an annual pass because it was like, you know, so I got all the the owning stuff, and I, I gotta get this. So anyway, yes, it is a collectible glass because they don't make these anymore. But um, anyway, yes, I, I I'm trying to cut down on the mugs because you know right now uh, there is no no plaza space, none right. for anything. Right. Um, so and Brian, thank you for bringing this up that they installed water bottle fill stations at Disneyland. I can't confirm that myself yet. I, I I think you might be going before I do, but um, I wouldn't be surprised. I think that's uh, it, it's it's really crucial because the other thing that a, a little secret about Disneyland, especially in the summer, because guess what? You know, fire season is open again officially. They cut the ribbon a couple <laughs> nights ago by by Nate's uh, uh, by Nate's town. Um, I saw a photo in the in the L.A. Times that had smoke over this this uh, building, and I went turn to stand and said is that Nate's housing development? And I think it is. So I texted him. He's okay. But they just, you know, um, anyway, so it's back open. But the, the secret was that, that you could go to any restaurant or counter, you know, and, and ask for ice water. They could, they had to give you a cup of ice water. You didn't have to yeah. buy a bottle of water. You could ask because it's a, it's a much, even more than making money. It's a much worse look to have, uh, uh, guests uh, pass out from heat prostration. Right. And I, I, before we move on to the picks of the week, I do want to, I do want to say this that to remember and think about safety. I believe it's Seanan McGuire, uh, fantasy sci-fi writer, and writes uh, Ghost Spider right now for Marvel. A couple other books. Uh, early on, you know, when Disneyland didn't reopen, and 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 I, I teased about Florida, but Florida was c- closed for I think three months at the beginning of this pandemic. You know that. Um, she made a really good point and I'll never forget it. And I've shared it with, with, with others that, and I'll, it's not, this is not an exact quote, but when you realize, and I don't say this is a negative, when you realize that Disney is a corporation designed to take all your money, that's a flippant way to put it, but you know, they, that's their business model. They draw you in. We're all Disney plus. Well, maybe we're not all, but many of us are Disney plus subscribers. We're buying our Marvel action figures. We're buying our star Wars stuff couple of new uh, black, what do they call it? Not black label, but black, uh, you know, the the, right. the high-end action figures, um, you know, that they will open up in order to get your money 
as soon as they possibly can. And if they're not tell if they're telling you it's not safe right now, it's not safe. So if they're opening up and they say, look, we can only handle 25% capacity, it's it's not a hundred percent like they care about you, but they do because you are a guest who is spending well, I mean, what corporation? Yeah. Corporations are people, but they're people that don't know you, but they do let know your money. Um so I'm not saying it is a negative. I'm saying this is true because I certainly spend money there. But you know, it's they. Your safety matters, and so you know, as you think about this, announcing wish, they said those are going to go on. The, the The inaugural cruises will be in uh, 2022. Reservations will start coming May 14th. Next month, May 14th. Yeah. Uh, you know, so oh, pardon me, 27th. 27. Okay, so there. But the the point is, they're not going to take a step until uh, until they are positive that they're providing you with the safest experience right. they can. So, and that's that's important to realize that a lot of other cruise lines are opening up much earlier. So I think Disney is is being even more cautious than well, the Disney, standard. Disney is running shorter cruises out of Europe. I looked okay. this up, so the, but it's only for the UK, which is odd. Like UK guests, they're like two-day cruises around. I, you know, I don't know the details, but I, I did see that on their site. So, um, yeah. So I, I just you know, want to say that I'm, I'm so glad it's back. Uh, I, you know, I've got my plans. You've got your plans. Uh, and in the meantime, I still haven't watched what maybe a tenth of what's on the Disney Plus catalog. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, it's. Uh, <laughs> It's nice to have it. No, I haven't watched a tenth. I and I'm not even. And, and that's excluding like the Disney Junior stuff. I gave the Rocketeer show one episode and went, "It's for five year olds. It's cool. It's it's not my Rocketeer. That's all right, you know." But um, I think my friend Shannon Denton worked on it, and you know, so I was like, "Oh, I want to give that a." But it it is a total, you know, all ages, and that's what I think impresses me about about Disney. The Disney cruises is they truly are all ages experiences in the sense that, yes, you can t- put your kid over in the Marvel experience that you're not allowed to go into. She was right when she said that. I am bitter, and yet I know what I would look like in spandex. So no, it was right. It, 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 they 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 protected me from myself, but that I still there's still something I could do with my kids, or, or let's be honest at this point. Not that I'm rushing either of my children, but, you know, grandchildren someday. Um, but that also then I could go off and do something that still feels like, ah, you know, fanboy grandpa is off in his own world doing his thing, you know. Oh well, they God. have they also have adult only areas, not, not as not as lascivious as that sounds, but they have areas where you cannot cannot. The children are not allowed. A dream is a wish. Okay, yeah. I don't want to say more than that because we can't afford the royalties. So let's Although talk I'm, about. The, I have no talking. doubt that kids are going to be allowed into the the Star Wars bar as well. Oh no, you cannot. Well, it's it's like the cantina at. Uh, yeah, at you can't you can't not let a kid in there when you've got Rex DJing and you've got so much around. No, right. no, and I, I don't object to that. I mean, it just sounds like you know you could truly have more safely let kids go around and we haven't even talked about the ride they've built on that so anyway let's get to our pick of the week shall we one thing one thing before we're into comics now right yeah happy batman day 
I thought Batman was coming. it was in September. No, it's May first. Oh well, all right. Okay, that explains right. why the signals. So I'm guessing you didn't get me anything. Um, I I right. did, but the Joker totally blew it up. Anyway, go ahead. And the other thing, actually, I meant right, we shouldn't. We should remind people that Free Comic Book Day is going to happen this year, August fourteenth. August fourteenth, not not this month. You know, it was uh, there was this moment, and this is how disconnected I think we we all feel, even as things are coming back to life. That I turned to my wife this morning and said, "Is it Free Comic Book Day?" And she said, "Well, if you don't know, <laughs> I sure don't." And I went. Yeah, you haven't failed me. I failed this city. Um, so it was, and then I looked it up and went, yeah, okay. I saw Ross Ritchie post a thing about what Boom Studios is going to release and went, oh no, it is Free Comic Book Day. No, it's, it's, uh, this is the 20th. This will be the 20th anniversary of Free Comic Book Day, but they pushed it back to August. And that's, that's fine because I still don't know. I, I think there are places where people still cannot go back to their comic shop. I mean, I'm still going. I, I go to Earth Two, and they're still asking, you know, please no more than three people in the store at a time, and you know, and that's in with things are looking up in California. But I think we've got to be cautious. So I, you know, I think it was the right move to delay it. So the comic books that we are going to talk about this week are not free, and I'm going to say mine far from free, but worth every. Okay. Price. Go ahead. Well, then I, I'm I'm happy because mine isn't mine isn't normal priced, but it is little. It is not far from. Fr- it is not as far from free as I imagine you're alluding. So um, I usually don't go at, get as excited about these things. Uh, but this week we came up with the Marvels, which we've got our Ross and uh, Alex Ross uh, cover. Yeah. And uh, this is a new series. Uh, I'm not going to show many pages. There's a kind of an interesting shot of a vehicle that looks might look familiar there. Um, but the Marvels is a new series that is is taking a long a, a view of the Marvel universe from the Big Bang to the end of the universe is what they say. Uh, characters that we all know, some new characters that we can look forward to in the future. Uh, it's written by Kurt Busack and Yildare Sinar is the artist with uh, um, Richard Eisenhoff. I think it's Isanova. Colorist, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. For color. Um they've got uh it starts off with uh kind of a mysterious uh backstory in introducing uh Lady Lotus and uh you get you get these little vignettes of characters. So you see Reed Richards working for the intelligence agency off in the uh, the jungles of um, an imaginary Sea uh, Kong, which later we find out it morphs into Sincon, um, which has a bubble over it that looks kind of like the bubble that covered the uh, the the Inhumans the city. And then an attack from outer space, which is not aliens, but Captain America coming in from outer space in just one of the most amazing uh, dive bombing uh, events that I, I don't, so I'm not going to spoil it. So is this set in present day? You're saying the history from the Big Bang. And, it's, and is it part of the Marvel, the Heroes Reborn? I don't think so. I don't think it's anywhere near 
the the heroes of Orin, it is set all throughout time. So you've got stuff taking taking place in years past. You've got stuff in the near future and stuff in the the current. So you have a you there's a character in it um, who Kevin Schumer, who is a tour guide in New York, New York, who specializes in taking people around to see superheroes, and he's the one who is in that kind of modified fantastic car. And there's something happening with Kevin. We're not really quite sure. He works works for or somehow um, is involved in a com- in a company that has a very strange name. I, I could look back up again, but we're we're not quite sure what he's his real deal is. He's got some strange headgear. It looks like um, he's got parts of people's costumes. He does have the Ant Man backpack from the. Uh, the sequence from uh, the Ant-Man sequence from uh, the Kree Skrull War, mm. uh, where where he goes inside the Vision. Mm-hmm. So it's that Neil Adams sleek backpack that was divine. It has the shootout handles in the front. Um, so somewhere so, in Marvel Universe, there's a superhero surplus store. Yeah, like, people can just go and get these. Yeah. So, so it's it's a little early to tell how terrific it's going to be. But it's it's tickling a lot of interesting parts of the Marvel universe to make it kind of it's it feels entirely accessible to people who just know these characters maybe just from the movies or just from the TV series. Which um, I, I think those are the that's the audience they have to go after. I I yeah. just I the more I read and the less and and the less I read out of Marvel and DC, quite honestly, is. The more I go, like, yeah, everybody knows. You know, I know far more people who watched The Falcon and the Winter Soldier and WandaVision than ever read the comic. You know, right. I'd say, and I mean, thank heavens it sparked some conversations, but I think, I, I think people asked me what was going on because they didn't read the comics. They just thought, oh, they heard this was good to watch. But if I told them, you should, you should read Tom King's The Vision. I don't think yeah. any of them would have done that, you know, it, because it's just not a good recommendation. Story. It doesn't spoil anything either. It's just the same no, kind of tone. No, but I, but I just mean it's like we we always have to put ourselves in that perspective of we tend to hang out directly with people that read comics. I mean, obviously, my my big social outlet for the week is going to Earth Two and talking with with the people in that store because we're all already in it, you know. So. Um, I, I think it's got to be those kinds of accessible books, which is why I think DC uh, is doing the right thing with all their all over the place. Continuity doesn't exist anymore, essentially. They just announced Jonathan Kent's taking over officially from Clark Kent in the regular Superman book. Dudes, we got 80 or so years worth of Clark Kent as Superman. I'm really okay with it. I haven't read all those. Yeah. I got to catch up. Well, the, so, thing, the, the thing I like about this is that it feels like an event book but it's one book. It's yeah. not it's not threaded through a bunch of other books where the writers may or may not have cared about advancing the storyline. This is going to be concentrated. This is going to be an interesting event and I I'm happy. Well, so, I hope it, I hope it stays that way. I mean that it's that it's accessible and you don't have to go off into the others because yeah. So mine is a done in one and I'm going to say it's 30 bucks. It's a hardcover. Oh, no. And you haven't bought Yes. It I'm about a quarter of the way through it. Okay. So my only regret 
in finishing it was that now I've read it. And um, so monsters, let me let me bring it in a little closer again. Barry Windsor Smith. This is this is rarely do you get to say this truthfully. This is the magnum opus, the life's work, the summation of an artist's creative powers. Uh, worth every bit of hype you hear you hear about it. So thirty dollars from Fantagraphic Books. It, it it started its life as Barry Windsor Smith, who initially became famous for drawing uh, Conan for Marvel. He was developing a Hulk story, which when you read it, you can tell there are seeds that it could have where you saw oh, that might have been a Hulk thing. And he was developing the idea for this Hulk story about uh, Bruce Banner's dad being abusive. And then that's what Peter David picked up the seeds and and did that. I don't think he was Peter David was the only one. I could. So Bill Mantlo did it in Hulk first and made it made that Hulk's dad was abusive and so forth. So Barry Windsor Smith got mad, pulled that story, did not did not finish it for Marvel. And that is not to say that this is a Hulk story. It's not. But you can tell where it's riffing off of, you know, you could see where things could have changed and it could have been. This is well over 300 pages, black and white. Uh, you know, the pen and ink, it is, and I think Barry Windsor Smith is now 72. You know, this is a story he started working on in like 1981 or 1982. And it's just coming out here in 2021. It is an incredibly gorgeous book about the impact of abuse, uh, the cycle of it. Um, but also, you know, the title is Monsters, even though it's dealing with one monster. The psychological, and, and if anybody watched um, the live stream I did last week with uh, Jamal Hemphill uh, about Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and he's the one of the co-founders of, of uh, National Press Comics, and we were, we were talking, maybe it was more offline than on, about how, you know, we're seeing, well, no, we were talking about the truth, red, white, and black, and how I feel that that's one of the first major superhero comics that actually stopped talking about, you know, what if superheroes were real and more like, what if the real world was what happened? They used it to directly comment on history with, uh, with Isaiah Bradley saying like, you know, that if they had the super soldier formula, they wouldn't have injected the white guy first. History has shown us that's, that's true. And we were talking about Operation Paperclip and there's a show, I don't know if you've watched it on Amazon called Hunters. Uh, it's on my list. Yeah. Yeah. I think you'd really enjoy it. Although you might be as irritated by the misquotes of comic books from the seventies that they do. Uh, Cause the protagonist is, a, it works in a comic book store and, and they certainly act like people know more about comics in the seventies than they actually did as a casual person. But anyway, um, but they were talking about operate. They talked about operation paperclip in, in that. And that's what, where monsters goes with too. It, it, it's tied into Nazi Germany. It's or the last days of world war two. The uh, PTSD that came out of that with some soldiers, something far worse than that, but also dealing with the uh, eagerness to, uh, you know, get get an edge over the over the our, our foes in the Cold War, and the the compromises that our country has done in order to maintain the illusion of a moral superiority. I shouldn't say illusion. For most of us, it was true, you know, but but behind the scenes, maybe not. You know, the cost of getting to the rocks was a lot of Nazi scientists got to, you know, 
you know, free reign to come over and, and, but they got us to the moon. So, you know, it's just, it's, it's very interesting. I, I think the last, I think it goes for, uh, you know, jumps around in time from 1944 to 1968. Um, it jumps back and forth. Uh, there are allusions to uh, famous works of art. There's one in particular that uh, I just, I, I really, it's a, I've never had to say this about a panel before, but I don't want to spoil it. Like when you recognize what the painting is and you know the history of the painting, it's be, it's like, oh my God, that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So uh, I'd hoped you had it. And, you know, and I thought, well, if you chose it too, then we'd have a great conversation as well. As I think we're, we, we still are, but for people, it, it's from Fantagraphics. Uh, it's hardbound. I'm sure there'll pay, be a paperback down the road, but this is a book that you kind of want to have. If you're a collector and you just like to have a really nice copy of something on your shelf, I know I'm going to be looking through it again. I may not reread it anytime soon, but I'm going to be looking through it. Just the beauty of... of and it, turns into epistolary so even there's a reference i mean it becomes almost referential to frankenstein and there, and there is project prometheus in it so you know it, it's like it, it is just a gorgeous book and a beautiful book and uh and an amazing story so i, I call it out now so that people can come back uh, the hugo nominations uh came out a couple weeks ago and i think they were solid for, for graphic novels I think this is going to be on the on the, the list of five next year. Two things, two things about this, and yeah, I am I am purposefully reading this slowly. I'm reading it for about a half an hour every night. Um, one, Windsor Smith has not lost any of his Windsor talent. Smith, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, his his uh, his his arts his art style and his art style has always shined best in strictly pen and ink. Oh, uh, I was thinking that same thing looking through this is that like I remember Rune, remember from Malibu, yeah, uh, yeah. from the Ultraverse, and, and, and as interesting as Rune was, I've never, I've never liked his work as much as when I see it in black and white because he is, he's doing such amazing things in black and white. It's like watching a yeah. black and white movie. They were shooting to make that look the best. He is drawing to make that look the best, and it does. It's astounding. I bought I bought posters of his that were they were Conan esque they weren't Marvel but they were Conan esque and they were always typically like Conan with a whole bunch of birch trees behind him and snow on the ground and it's all black and white but it's you see the depth in it it's just amazing. The other thing I was going to say was how much this story is amazing amazing when you compare it with one of his breakout works which was. Um, was with the Weapon X series, the the Wolverine oh, Weapon right. X, yeah. and the parallels here are very strong as well. Um, against their will, experimented upon, turned savage, that kind of stuff. The 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 damage that power, men and power do to those who who are perceived not to have power. Um, so, I mean, and yeah, uh, and I'll say the difference for the protagonist for for people who want to read this is, um, you know, this is something unlike say. If it had been a Hulk story, yes, the damage would have been done by psychological damage by the abuse. But, you know, the the gamma bomb explosion is something that sort of Bruce Banner did to himself. This is about a boy who is helpless and things are done to him. Yeah. And and but there's more. And I thought about this, this echo in a storytelling thing. I know 
Um, I, I would probably despise the man personally, Orson Scott. Um, but writing advice from years ago before uh, some of his opinions came out that I just personally didn't like, um, said, you know, a, a good story is it's you've got two great ideas and you collide them and that makes the story work. And that's what this is. This isn't just the Hulk-like story. There's something else mystical going on and he ties up everything beautifully and you're not even there yet. I mean, there are mysteries yeah. you may not even realize were mysteries. And then when you get to a page and you go, oh, that's well, incredible. Uh, I'm definitely uh, getting a whole um, a whole uh, shining thing. Yes, uh, but there's even but there's even more. And so, uh, so I'm just saying this is absolutely worth it. And, uh, you know, so anyway, that's one other my, thing, my technically, the from the standpoint of loving book binding and stuff, this is this is a an incredibly well built book, uh, the the binding of it. And they chose they chose not to do a dust jacket on it, which I think was a great idea that they didn't um, that. It's it's a little more raw. It's a little bit more uh, substantial that I, way. But you know what? I I don't have much in the way of fantagraphic stuff. Uh, I know I have I have a few because my favorite thing is monsters. Uh -huh. Is from fantagraphics, but I think I have the paperback. So I don't know if they publish in Dustjack. I think they do this. They you know okay. this is their standard. But I, it's not to take it away. These are beautifully bound books, and the the page quality. Is mm -hmm. so when you look at this, I'm like, okay, I'm only 100 pages in, but it feels like it's more than 100 because these are thick, solid to hold his and to last. And so yeah. this is a book that will warrant revisiting. And so those are our picks this week. And again, if if you can't find them in your own shop, my suspicion is a lot of shops have already sold out of monsters, but I'm sure there are copies around. Um, you know that um, you know bookshop.org i'll set up a link when we get this uh live on fanboy planet uh bookshop.org and, and or amazon if you cannot find it at your local uh brick and mortar store the same i, I guess the marvels you should be able to find it at your comic book shop so yeah. let, let's see where that where that goes so uh you know thank you we're, we're gonna wrap this up it's oh it's been a little longer than i thought we would but that's okay and um i do want to say that uh, we will return next week with the next episode of the podcast I, I don't want to yet announce the guest on this, but it's somebody that uh, Rick and I have spoken with before. Uh, we've got the tentative. Yes, he can do it. Um, and we're going to be talking about uh, some stuff that uh, Rick and I both hold near and dear to our heart, and clearly he does as well. So come back next week. I think it's a, it's a conversation we probably both had on Facebook several times with him in the last year and uh, bits and pieces of it. And now it gets to be publicly boom because there's a couple of great projects on the horizon from him. I hope that's a tease enough to bring you back. All right. So anyway, uh, once again, if you'd like to join the conversation, you can not just follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram uh, at fanboy planet, but you can write in with any compliments, comp commentary, criticism, Anything you think we should, you got a question, and I really appreciate uh, Brian making making comments throughout and watching this live. You can always ask us questions after the fact as well at editor at fanboyplanet.com. I know what's happening. You know, we still didn't rehearse this ending, so here we go. We're going to try it. I'm Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of fanboyplanet.com. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder, reminding you to use your, your powers only for good. We don't do the only part anymore. 
We don't. Let's do this again. Use your, Use your powers, powers for good. It doesn't okay. have to be only for good. Just try. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com.